Hi, I'm Mana Moini, and you're listening to The Humanity Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Humanity. Thank you for being here. Today's topic is the power of community. Community is defined as a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. A community can help us to develop a sense of identity and feel that we're a part of something important. Joining me for this conversation today is Jill Wiedemann-West. She's the CEO of People Incorporated. People Incorporated is the largest community-based nonprofit mental health provider in Minnesota. For over 50 years, People Incorporated has been a leading community partner by transforming the health of communities through innovative solutions. In 2023, People Incorporated was named one of the Twin Cities' largest nonprofits. Additionally, in 2022, Jill was honored by Minnesota 500 Magazine as one of the state's 500 most powerful and influential leaders. We're going to be talking about Jill's journey, our society and mental health, and finally, the power of community. Hi, Jill. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for asking. How did you end up in this nonprofit mental health space? You know, um, it isn't probably the best way to um, talk about a 30-plus year career, but um, I've been fortunate to end up where I'm supposed to be. Um, I've always been drawn to sort of the helping areas of um, a career path and certainly the helping field. Um, but um, I think I've worked in both for-profit and non-for-profit, and this last movement that landed me at People Incorporated um, was both. Um, I had worked for nonprofits and for for-profits, and this was the first time that I'd ever been this deep in a community-based entity. And it was a little bit um, unsettling, but I it popped up the way it was supposed to, and I thought, you know what, I'm supposed to follow this. And I can honestly tell you I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Wow. Can you tell us a little bit about what People Incorporated does? You know, People Incorporated is a community-based mental health um, agency and what that basically means is is that um, we work with individuals um, who have mental health concerns um, along a very wide spectrum from not disabled by their their mental health to fully disabled by their mental health Um, we work with them at a variety of um, levels of um, services everything from in-home services case management We have therapy services and we have treatment programs. And our charitable mission really is working with individuals that are experiencing mental health concerns and have a lot of barriers. They're the individuals that have a lot of the barriers that prevent them from accessing the services and care that they need. What role do you think community plays with what People Incorporated does, but also with mental health? In general, oh, it's a huge piece. Um, you know, I I really believe, and and you know, looking at what we've done at People Incorporated, uh, we're very committed to community. Um, the kinds of things that we need to do to create um, better mental wellness in our communities, in our states, in our country, um, can't come from one place. It has to come from all of us sort of coming together and 
um, moving things a little bit at a time and just modeling how it is that we want to see our, our movement. And community is essentially um, how you do that. A conversation like the one that we're having right now. Um, when we talk about community or we talk about mental health or we talk about anything, um, the more we talk about it, even if we don't see things the same way, um, even if um, we're diametrically opposed to one another in the way that we see things, the conversation binds us. It binds us in a way that says, you know what, we both want to see change or we both want to see opportunity. And um, that is what community is all about. And in the mental health community, it's very important because the people we work with have so many things that uh, create barriers for their wellness, but also um, contributed to where they are. Trauma, um, food insecurity, housing insecurity, um, you know, um, so many of those social determinant of health areas. And, um, you know, uh, the whole idea is conversations that help us to figure out how do we, how do we start to break through those barriers and make sure that there's equity in all the things that we need to have equity in. And healthcare is one of them. That's right. In terms of uh, mental health, I think there's this perception of what that looks like. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, you know, one of the things that we always say, and um, I think is very true, is we all have mental health. Um, for some of us, that mental health might be gosh, you know, um, I'm struggling in the job I'm in and I'm not as happy as I thought I would be. And so maybe every day is a little bit of a, a slog to get through. Um, it might be, you know, losing a, a, a person or a pet or, um, or, you know, in the last several years, just watching the news feed and just going, wow, this is the world I live in, you know? Um, so it can be things that we manage really well. It can be things that in some cases we need a little bit of help with, perhaps because we're not getting our arms around it, all the way to um, mental health being a disabling you know, state uh, where individuals um, can't work or um, you know, really um, need day-to-day -day supports to help them. So um, mental health, we all have it, and it's a continuum. And for most of us, we manage it. We talk our way through it. We work through our um, our issues that kind of bring us down. But for many people, we need to take the next step and maybe talk to a therapist or uh, get some medication assistance. And for a, a number of people, it's on the far end of the, uh, the spectrum where those individuals are truly disabled by their illness. So it's everything. Thank you for shining light on that because, like I said, I do think people have a perception of what it looks like, but right. really we all probably deal with it to a certain extent. Um, over the last couple of years, I think we can all agree that there's been a rise in mental health. Can you talk a little bit about what you guys have seen and if there's a certain type of you know, mental health, like anxiety or what it might be mm -hmm. that's really been on the rise coming out of the pandemic and just the isolation we all kind of went through. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, um, some of the areas that we see most frequently um, sort of as a mental health complaint for individuals is, you know, anxiety and depression, right? And, you know, again, at, at a lower level, that's sort of, you know, it's, it's me, um, watching the news feed um, 
in 2020 and just thinking, oh my goodness, we're not, this is the world we live in. What are we going to do? And, and trying to work through that myself and being able to have the tools to manage that myself. But for many people, kids, um, certainly for um, a lot of adults, what 2020 and 2021 in particular did was it created this isolation. And the, the isolation was necessary to some degree because of the pandemic, but it also got worse because of all of the other things that were going on. And um, that isolation is perhaps one of the biggest factors to someone who isn't feeling well, feeling worse. Because we need each other, we need support, we need community. Um, we need to feel comfortable and safe and um, joyful about going to work out or seeing our friends for breakfast or um, you know, just going to the dry cleaners and dropping off our dry cleaning. And we really kind of moved into a state where I think um, the isolation became very endemic, um, just like, you know, COVID. And then we added to that with a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety around um, not knowing how to kind of navigate this new space that we were all finding ourselves in. Um, it goes back to that whole idea of community and building community. Um, you can look almost anywhere in all kinds of ancient texts and writings and philosophies, and community is a, a common element of every single area you look at. And um, it's because we, we need each other. Would you argue that community um, helps minimize a sense of loneliness, which is probably a part of many mental illnesses? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it's, um, you know, if you think about, um, you know, rumination, right? I've got something on my mind. It's really, really bothering me. And left to my own thoughts in my own head, it just spins and it just continues to spin. Well, that is really kind of a form of anxiety, right? Um, and I just continue to kind of manage that. And maybe I don't manage it as well. Um, when we are isolated, when we aren't part of me having a conversation with you, or me just saying hi to someone um, that I am walking by that on the street or whatever it might be, we start to find ourselves so much in our own space that there's no balance, that, that all we have is what's going on in our own heads. Um, when we find community, we not only find um, other people, but we find other thoughts, we find other conversations. We can support people who are struggling with other things instead of always thinking about sort of what we're struggling with. It allows us to really balance um, our ability to um, identify our wholeness. And without it, um, we're, we get desperately in a, inside of our own heads. And ultimately, it, it does have some pathology associated with it over a long period of time. We really saw that play out during COVID. How do we ask for help? Just the same way you kind of just did. Um, I need help. I think that's one of the hardest things um, for people to do. Mental health in particular has been very stigmatized for so, so long. And um, 
the more we realize we're all, we all have mental health, I think we're more likely to be able to ask for help. But it's that hard. It's the hardest part. You know, it's like, um, you know, asking a friend to help you move. You know, you're like, oh, you know, I want to help, but I want to ask them for help. But, you know, it's kind of an imposition. Well, we do the same thing to ourselves with our own mental wellness. You know, it's good to see you. Thank you so much for inviting me over to chat today. You know, I'm really glad that I'm here. And I just, I hope that this isn't um, imposing. But gosh, you know, I really need somebody to talk to. I've got some stuff going on. And I think you'd be a great sounding board. Or um, thanks for just inviting me over to chat because I've got some stuff going on. And boy, do I just need to like focus on something else. Those little things um, can be so freeing for individuals that are struggling, but it's hard because society tells us don't don't be vulnerable, don't act vulnerable, don't acknowledge you know any of that vulnerability. I think the last few years have moved the needle on that a little bit, and I think people are more willing to acknowledge some of their frailty. So on the flip side of that, how do we make sure? Because you know you can be consumed in your own thoughts all day. How do we make sure we're taking the time to check in on the people in our lives? You know, I mean, I think um, you don't want it to feel like work, but I think to some degree it's kind of like a routine, right? Um, if you um, have um, special people in your life that you naturally don't necessarily need to have a conversation with every day, but you just want to make sure, hey, Dad, how's it going? Are you okay? You know, everything good? Um, we need to do the same thing um, with, you know, all the people in our lives. We need to kind of make it routine to, you know, not call every day, but just check in on a regular basis to the people that are important to us. And, you know, when you know somebody's going through something, um, you're much more apt to say, hey, let's get together for dinner on Saturday night. Right. It's been a while. So we need to do the same thing with a phone call, an email, a text message, um, whatever it takes just to make sure. Because honestly, when we're checking in on others and knowing that people in our sphere um, are doing okay, it's good for us as well. Right. It almost opens up mm -hmm. that conversation. It opens up the conversation and it gives us um, a sense of not being alone. It gives us a sense of knowing that we have that sort of sphere around us that um, is active and we're all there for each other. Do you think, all of that being said, you know, the, the thing you said around, you know, people not being comfortable bringing it up, do you think there's still a stigma around mental health or has it gotten a little bit better over the last few years as social media talks about it and, and people are more open, you know, celebrities, whoever it might be with their issues, do you think there's a stigma and has it gotten better? Well, I think there's still a stigma and I think there'll always be a stigma because there's so much misinformation out there. You know, when you say to someone, well, so-and-so lives with mental health condition, they immediately go to the worst case scenario they've ever seen, which is someone ranting and raving, um, you know, on Nicolette Mall and, you know, they assume that that's what you mean. And again, this is a spectrum. We all have mental health. It's just we're in different places on it. I, I think there'll always be a stigma because there'll always be misinformation. But I do truly believe that it's gotten a lot better in, in um, the last few years. Um, 
We've all been through something in the last few years that I think for most of us, we never imagined we were going to ever experience in our lifetimes. And in some ways, um, that's horrible because it's a lot, right? Unprecedented social unrest, unprecedented, um, you know, um, sort of political unrest, a worldwide, you know, pandemic, and um, just the um, opening up of the door that is more comfortable for most people to leave closed, right? And all of that happened. And, um, you know, you can't, you can't take that back. Once you see it, once you experience it, once you feel it, once you acknowledge you have feelings about it, you can't take it back. So you got to do something with it. And I do think that we're still trying to figure that out, but I do think it has helped individuals uh, become a little bit more willing to acknowledge mental wellness. And I think a lot of people really, really struggled with, you know, during, um, during 2020 and 2021 in particular with just sort of the, um, isolation, um, the, the fear, the anxiety that was coming with all of what was coming at them. So I do feel like we've made real progress in people acknowledging mental wellness, mental health. Um, I will say that I am honestly, I have no right to be, but I am so proud of pro athletes and, um, uh, actors and actresses and people in a very visible role that, you know, millions of people look up to and imagine that they've got it all figured out. Their courage to come forward and say, hey, I'm not okay. I'm not going to compete in the Olympics. I'm pulling myself out because I need to prioritize my mental health. Um, these are really, these are so powerful, so potent because we look to these people and we go, oh my God, they've got to figure it out. They're expert at this. They're the most wonderful basketball player, the most extraordinary football player. And then they start to talk about, wow, you know, I'm not always okay. Right. To be that vulnerable on that stage is truly impressive. I mean, I really have to tell you, I, I think that's been a game changer in the last few years is I do believe that people that, um, you know, years ago would have been said, well, you know, don't tell anybody why you, you know, why you disappeared for a few weeks. Now they're saying I disappeared for a few weeks because I needed to take some time and prioritize my mental wellness, or I dropped out of this competition or whatever it might be. It's so courageous, but it has absolutely been huge for mental health. What is your favorite part about what you do? Oh, gosh, I have a lot of favorite parts about what I do. Hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I love, you know, a lot of aspects of what I do. I love seeing, um, uh, you know, um, my teams. I love seeing clients get better or get um, to a place where they're feeling uh, like they can do more and be more stable. But I got to be honest with you, I, I think selfishly, my favorite part of the job is when I see change starting to happen, whether it's the conversations that we're having, whether it's, um, you know, um, I mean, we, we just had an event, uh, People Incorporated did a couple of weeks ago, and it was just sort of a meet and greet kind of event. But, you know, um, just the 
extraordinary joy that I felt as I walked out of that event, thinking about all the conversations that I had and how many different people were in those conversations and how they embraced the idea of we need to come together. They embraced the idea of we can do more when we we combine sort of our best thinking and our best actions. And um, the the gratitude I have for people that were willing to be open about their own struggles and their own challenges. And for those that, you know, didn't have that conversation, uh, just how impassioned they felt about creating well communities, creating well and equitable communities. That selfishly is sometimes they're really baby really baby steps but selfishly oh my gosh when i feel like we're kind of moving even a little half a step forward gosh that's exciting it just motivates me to want to do more and better that's amazing is there a specific story that's really made an impact on you um, at your time Mm. at people incorporated you know there's so many stories um that um, I could tell you, I, I have a, a really, um, when I first started at People Incorporated, we, and we still do it, we did a lot of homeless outreach, and we really focused on the homeless communi- community um, and really finding those chronic and persistent, um, persistently mental, mentally ill folks that were kind of living outdoors and whatnot. And then, of course, what we really realized is is that if you're living outdoors, you have mental health issues, right? Mm-hmm. I certainly would. Um, and um, we had a, um, a, a area where clients could come in. They could look for shoes or coats or get uh, gear to live outdoors more comfortably, like sleeping bags and whatnot. And then they get a cup of coffee, and we'd always have donuts for them and whatnot. And for years and years and years, we had um, a particular individual who came um, came regularly, but he was selectively mute. He would not talk to anyone. He would not answer a question. He wouldn't engage. He'd just come. He'd have coffee. He'd get what he needed, and he'd leave. And about five years, six years into his continued coming, one day um, he um, took someone aside and told them he couldn't see. He was losing his wow. vision. And um, we always knew that he was probably selectively moved because we would see him kind of talking to people outdoors. But um, to think that, um, and we were able to get him to the hospital and find out what was going on and help to get um, him the medical help he needed to restore some of his vision. The part of that story that is so potent for me is that it was a long game. We built trust. Um, we honored his space and didn't say, you know, gosh, you know, you got to be able to talk to us if you're going to use these services. We just honored him where he was at. We met the client where they're at. And when he was ready, he had built enough trust to say, I'm vulnerable. I need help. The power of that community and making him feel safe. That's right. And then thinking about how that community um, comes together. You know, the, one of the other things that I've just been really, um, I mean, again, I could tell you stories forever, but, you know, we have a, um, a program where we go out on mental health calls um, with police in some communities. And, you know, um, traditionally, mental health calls have been pretty traumatizing. 
um, you know, our folks that if they're having an episode of mania or, um, you know, just dysregulation, oftentimes what that's met with is either, um, well, a trip in the back of the squad car to either the emergency room or a holding cell. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I've been so proud of the work that we've done with individuals who are living in our community that are maybe more frequent 911 callers or that the police run into more frequently, whether it be on the street or um, in their homes. Um, And shifting that in combination with a dialogue with the community, with community hospitals, with the community uh, police, and saying, you know, this isn't actually going to help this. Let's see what we can do about getting out there and de-escalating and meeting with the client. And I love the way that we've come together as a community and found a way to meet that client who's dysregulated, who, if not for, would be in the back of a squad car, either being transported to the local hospital um, or um, to a, a holding cell somewhere. And having the opportunity to send in a clinical social worker and say, let's talk about what's going on and trying to use tools to de-escalate the situation and then ultimately, hopefully, move forward with very constructive approaches to helping that individual. Those are just some of the ways that tying to the idea of community, I just, I think, um, lots of stories, Mana, but just um, that change, that you didn't just change the way the client saw something. You didn't just change the way the client experienced something, but you changed the way the police went, oh my gosh, so we could do this different. And it works. I think one of the things we've actually talked about on a couple episodes that we've filmed now is that power of understanding why someone is being the way that they are, Yeah. why something is happening, like understanding before we jump to a conclusion or pull back, it's like, we can be more helpful and be more um, familiar and and bring forward that community when we understand. Yes. And, you know, I mean, I think that's an inside job to a large extent, right? And I think we've learned that a lot, especially in the last few years. um, We're socialized a lot with gross impressions. And we look at those gross impressions and we say, well, this is what this means or this is what uh, this represents. And... um, Maybe, maybe. Um, One of the things that we've learned over these very last few very challenging years is um, that maybe we need to step back and actually create attribution from our own space and try, seek to understand, um, seek to not, you know, attribute something that is maybe more of an accepted sort of like with mental health that it's accepted that these folks are crazy and that they you know they're they're dangerous and all that that's simply not true i mean folks with mental mental illness severe mental illness are far more likely to be victims of crime and and injustice than they are of of being perpetrators thereof but i think the last few years hopefully have helped us as individuals to do a couple things one step back and kind of get rid of those accepted attributions and say, what am I seeing here? 
What do I think is going on here? What do I, how do I see that? And then perhaps develop a new sort of model, a new way of modeling, you know, the way that we want to treat each other and how, um, how you can bring that forward just in and of yourself. Beautifully said. Thanks. Switching gears. Mm -hmm. So as I was learning about your organization, I learned about Artability. Oh, yeah. Can you tell everyone about Artability and why this program was started? Gosh, I just get goosebumps when I talk about Artability. So years and years ago, I can't take responsibility for this. Um, Years and years ago, um, People Incorporated uh, decided in what was then some of our um, clubhouses, places where our clients can drop in and just do activities. They started doing artwork and they did these very, very humble little shows where they'd hang up 25, 26, 30 pieces of artwork and they'd let folks come in and see what the clients had done. Um, Over the years, this program has grown exponentially. And um, so what we now do is artability. Artability is a couple of different things. Um, Artability in terms of how it creates art is happening in our programs. Um, In our programs, we use art as a complementary therapy. Oftentimes, we work with individuals who particularly have uh, individuals who have a lot of trauma, and it's very difficult sometimes for them to articulate sort of where they're at and what's going on for them. But they do really well in art, um, either maybe journaling it, cutting words out of a magazine to kind of put together a dialogue or a narrative, or creating art that sort of um, creates a space where I'm building something visual that tells you a little bit about where I'm at. So we do that. We also offer, um, through generous donors that give us um, a lot of support to do this, we um, we do workshops um, across the metro area, and they're free. Um, anyone that wants to come to a workshop uh, that lives with mental health related concerns they don't have to bring us any paperwork or tell us what that is all they have to know is is that the workshops are for individuals who are struggling with mental health and they just show up we have all of the um, art supplies there's different things we do you know oils we do um, journaling we do um, some uh, uh, you know um, watercolor. All the workshops are a little bit different. You can go right on our website and sign up for them. And then we have a a teaching artist that runs those workshops. And then the other side of it is once a year at the end of October, we put on a proper art show and we call it the Artability Art Show and Sale. And we do a call out in the summer to all the people that went to our workshops all the people that created work um, in, in, in programs, and ask them if they want to submit any of their work for sale and showing. And we do um, a two-day art show um, where we hang up 300 to 400 pieces of art. And, um, and when um, people come to the art show, if they buy that art, then the recipient... Um, of or the person that the artist put that put the art in the show um, gets um, up basically 80% of 
the proceeds from that art sale, we use the other 20% to create more supplies to do more art workshops and, and continue to do the sale and show. It is, if you've never been, I encourage you to put it on your calendar for next October. It is a night that is an incredible equalizer. You have individuals that wake up every day with a lot of baggage, a lot of challenge, uh, depression, anxiety, trauma, you know, all kinds of things. On opening night, while we're passing hors d'oeuvres and people are walking and looking at art, they're an artist. Just for that moment, they're an artist. And oh, it is, it is absolutely chilling how exciting it is and how joyful it is. It's wonderful. And, and what's the saying? Art is the highest form of expression. Oh. So that's really beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, I have to ask you, for people who are feeling overwhelmed or, you know, they don't, they're having a feeling or they're having um, anxiety, whatever it might be, what are some tips and tricks that you would suggest? You know, I mean, I think anything that's mindfulness-based is um, a really, really great start. Um, a lot of folks think that mindfulness is about meditation, and meditation is certainly a thing uh, that you can do um, under that mindfulness heading. Um, and meditation isn't really about knowing how to meditate. It's about just learning what you need to kind of quiet yourself. And I think that can be an incredible tool for someone who is, is struggling. I think exercise can be an incredible um, tool as well. A lot of times people don't realize it, but when you exercise, you um, naturally kind of pull yourself out of whatever's going on because you're focused on what it is that you're doing, running or biking or, or going to a class. Plus, it's it naturally... Um, you know, creates chemical reactions in your body that kind of combat a lot of um, depression and anxiety. Um, the other thing is journaling, um, being able to get it out of your head and on paper. Sometimes um, there's an old saying that, you know, when you're angry with someone, write it in a letter and then just throw the letter away, but get it out. You know, really, it's the same thing for someone who might be struggling with issues. Get it out, put it somewhere else. You know, um, those kinds of things, um, you know, anything mindful, yoga, movement, um, exercise, journaling. Uh, for a lot of people, um, uh, meditation can be just an immersion in, in music, a particular type of music or whatever. Those kinds of things are really all they're doing is saying, I'm taking it from where it's kind of sitting and I'm dropping it somewhere else and that can be incredibly helpful if in fact you need more help with that then you need to reach out and say i need help um, whether it's making a therapy appointment or it's going to a yoga studio and and having someone help you be mindful um, or move um, so we just have to know that it's it's a journey just like people incorporated is like a system of care and there's a lot of different services and people need some and all and one of those services. You know, really um, interrupting um, not feeling mentally well is also a system. And it's a very, very personal experience. And you just have to keep trying the things that will help you know what works for you. 
So lastly, we have been asking our guests um, about kindness. Kindness is at the essence of this podcast, of this platform, encouraging kindness, being kind. Is there a story of kindness that's happened to yourself or that you've witnessed in your life that Mm. left an impact, maybe changed your life, whatever it might be that you can share with us? This was several years ago. Um, We had a, a person who we had seen in our programs multiple times. Um, we have crisis residences where people come for short-term stays to try to manage crisis. We'd also seen this individual in our treatment programs, and they were pretty well known to our system. And um, they never really participated fully, and, um, and which isn't an unusual thing for folks with more intractable mental health issues. But anyway, um, uh, a couple of several years ago, I saw this individual um, at the artability workshop uh, or at the uh, artability opening night. And I was like, well, gosh, and now if I know them, you know, they've been in our system a lot. Right. And I'm like, well, hi, you know, what, blah, blah. And how are you doing? And and everything. And um, the individual um, sat down. And so I kind of sat down with her and she said, you know, I have a piece of art in the art show. And I said, you do? Oh, that's wonderful. And she said, um, yeah, you know, I don't, I'm not an artist, though. I'm not an artist. And I said, well, tell me about that. And she goes, well, you know, I've al- they've always been telling me, oh, come and do the art, come and do the art. But I don't, I'm not, I'm not good at it. So I never did. But she said, we had the, the person who happened to be at the time, uh, the, the, the teaching artist in our programs, um, basically convinced her just to create something, just, just to, to pass the time. And she said after two or three times of coming to the weekly workshops while I was in treatment, she said, I finally just sat down and drew a couple things. And she said, you know, this is, this is very good. Tell me what you were thinking. And she said she asked me what I was thinking when I drew it and why I drew it that way. And she said it was really interesting. And she said, I still didn't think it was very good. But she said, you know, we have an art show coming up. I think you should put it in the art show and come to the art show as an artist. It would be really great for your care. It would be really great as you're getting out of treatment. And she says, you know, this individual, she's telling me this individual was so kind that she took the time to not just teach me how to draw a picture or encourage me, but what was I thinking? Why did I draw it that way? Why did I not think that I was artistic? And she said it was just this overwhelming sense that I was important, that somebody actually cared enough to ask the question. And she said, so I went ahead and I did it, and I she says, I want you to know, I thought a lot of times, and I called her a lot of times and said, I'm going to take my picture out. And she would take the time that she needed to just walk me through it and whatnot. And she says, you know what? Someone bought my picture. Wow. And I said, wow, it's opening night. That's great that they've already bought your picture. And she says, I think I'm an artist. Oh, wow. So all of a sudden, this individual had this wonderful attribution of what it felt to be important enough to have someone kind of grab them by the hand and lead them through a thought process. But then more excitingly, they saw themselves as someone who was an artist. I mean, that's something that now I'm sure she carries with her. So the kindness of just 
15 minutes of tell me why you drew it this way or, you know, encouraging it. I think feeling seen is one of the most powerful things. And that's what I hear in that story. Oh, yeah. So taking an extra couple minutes and asking someone how they're doing and really meaning it, right? Like we say that a lot. How are you? Yeah. In passing. And it's like, take a minute, take the time, just like you did being here today. Jill, thank you so much. Well, thank Thank you. Thank you for being so vulnerable and real and caring (laughs) and kind and genuine. This is just so invaluable for everybody. Well, thank you for your kind words. They, you know, they lighten my load through the day. It's it's really wonderful um, what you're doing. I mean, forging these conversations just makes us healthier. Thank you so much. Thank you. I want to leave the listeners with this. If we don't have community, then what do we have? If a community functions properly, it can be a place where we feel accepted and where we feel seen. Together, we are better. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And thank you for being a part of the humanity community. I hope you have a wonderful day. Bye.